Categorically dismissing the Kyoto Protocol last year, more than a few eyebrows were raised when the Bush administration unveiled a global warming plan of its own. The Bush plan differs somewhat from the floundering global agreement in that it seeks to make the entire planet into a smoldering fire pit. The Bush global warming plan will begin to superheat the world first by detonating all nuclear weapons in our oceans. Then, through a combination of giant oil fires, torching of forests and third world dwellings, and a new Homeland Inferno project, the world's average surface temperature should approach 350 degrees by as early as this spring. The new super hot climate will make outdoor cookouts affordable, accessible, and simple for everyone. Mr. Bush stated that he envisions, quote, a world where every nation has that great backyard barbecue smell, unquote. And while Mr. Bush's ambitious plan has its share of detractors, few can resist the allure of a sizzling Texas barbecue and a hickory smoke flavored planet. Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Wake up! <clears throat> Let's try that again. No, I think I'm awake. Are you awake yet? Yeah, it's like, wake up. <clears throat> wake up. <laughs> and be healthy and wealthy. I, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm definitely not awake. It's the heat stroke getting to you. <laughs> it's just like... It's the peace and joy of Mother Earth getting to you. <laughs> this is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here live and local... On the internet. <laughs> See <laughs> <just> interwebs. <laughs> also, um, this is your community spirit. All right. Let us talk about things that are happening all over the world because we're live and local. <laughs> yes, we're, li- we're live and local. Well, we're local. You know, if you're somewhere else, that you know, we're here local. <laughs> Wait a second. The earth is local. Yes, the earth is our locality. This is, this is happy Independence Day. Yes. Right? <laughs> So let's call it Happy Interdependence Day. Because <laughs> guess what? We are all on this planet together. We can, you know, live or die together. So, yes. you know, let's try to make it so that the planet doesn't kill us, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's coexist with the planet. What? <laughs> okay. Occupy everywhere. Occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com. During an Occupy store style protest. A police car and city building were vandalized. Police say the protest march began around 8.15 p.m. and then the tagging occurred after the march began. They took a suspect into custody but have not yet released any details. This is the first one I've heard about actual police stuff being vandalized. I mean, yeah, now this is going to be all over the mainstream news, right? Oh, yeah, it is. Because then they can play up the, the, the conflict, the tension between police and protesters. Instead of talking about the issues that Occupy is addressing. Yeah, but I mean, it was just straight up vandalism. Someone snuck up on a police car and tagged it. Yeah. It Maybe was... they got confused. They heard about Facebook tagging. They're like, oh, I'll tag this, this <laughs> car in my photo. <laughs> but unfortunately, they tag themselves. <laughs> yeah, they tag themselves. <laughs> so, um, that was in Oakland. Yes. So. So let's hear about uh, what's going on in Albany. Albany police were on track to purchase an armored vehicle with a federal grant similar to the ones used against occupiers in Oakland when they pulled out of the agreement, says a city council member. The agreement was with the Berkeley PD and UC PD, but the Albany PD uh, decided that the vehicle was 
uh, quote, inappropriate for the uses of their police department in a civilian setting. That's a direct quote. Yes, that's a direct quote. <laughs> they they decided they the police themselves decided that police shouldn't be walking around and well, driving around in military vehicles. That's interesting. This is a fun one. Occupy Seattle and Mike Check Wall Street joined up to throw five thousand dollars off the roof in Seattle, <laughs> marking the money with the words quote money as speech silences us all end quote. This isn't the first time the groups have done this, and they refuse to tell the media. How they pulled it off, well, <laughs> let, you know, getting the $5,000, let alone why, why would you do that? Why uh, would you throw five, that definitely gets people talking. Yeah, it gets people in Southern Illinois talking about what they're <laughs> so, doing. <laughs> so the money will be put into circulation by those who caught it, of course, spreading yeah. the message for many more to see. So why didn't they just spend the money and it would get it into circulation instead of just, like, tossing it off the roof? Yeah, I think they also wanted the media uh, attention, too, so people would know about it. Yeah, but if they... Well, I guess that's true. It would get in the media. If they just silently spent it, the media would never report it at all, probably. Yeah. People would come across it and... Um, of course, you, you never know. They're savvy activists. Maybe they actually only tossed a thousand off the roof. <laughs> 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 just like, you never know. You know. I wanted, uh, people on the ground probably didn't catch it all at once and count it. <laughs> just like that's true. All the people like, let's get together and count how much money they threw off the roof. Yeah. <laughs> just like, probably didn't happen. Uh, all right, so let's see. Some other Occupy news. Several Occupy groups affiliated with Occupy SF took to the Canadian consulate to protest in solidarity with students in Quebec. Uh, Indie Bay has audio of the protest, so there's audio online at IndieBay.org. So they're reaching out to Canadians there. All right. Three occupiers protesting the rest of the NATO five were arrested themselves yesterday as they protested at the state attorney's office. Police arrived at the sit-in almost immediately, arresting the three as they refused to leave. To find out more what's going on on the case of the NATO five... Follow the link PressTV.com. Um, it's a really actual long um, link. If you would like to get our news stories, send an email to info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and you can actually get this detailed thing that we're talking about. Actually, we talk about it better than the actual <laughs> article, but if you would yeah. like more detail... That's not full of jokes and wisecracks. Yeah, we make it more interesting, but sometimes if you want the serious <laughs> really? details... You think so? I think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so Let yeah... I see you make this one more interesting. Yeah, well, I can make it a little more interesting by saying I've seen these photos of this protest. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's uh, amazing photos. O over, uh, well, almost 200,000 Japanese came out in protest of the reactivation of the nuclear reactors uh, this Sunday. But unfortunately, it didn't stop government officials from starting up the reactor anyway. The protest is officially the largest protest in recent years. Police, in a blatant attempt to downplay the movement, quoted the attendance at 17,000. That's a little different. Yeah, there's always this struggle that goes on between the, the activists and the official sources, quote-unquote. I mean, how can they have a difference between 17,000 and 200,000? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. Somebody doesn't have the math skills. <laughs> it's like, you can debate which side. To, they might both have four math skills, and it's really 100,000, you know. Yeah, but I mean, still, 100,000 is a lot more than 17,000. It's also a lot less than 200,000, but still. I mean, yeah. the largest protest against nuclear reactors. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, I so mean, I think that they shut all their nuclear reactors off in Japan, period. So this is their first one that they're re, re-lighting, per hmm, se. Yeah, relighting it. And there were also protests in other cities across the, uh, the nation uh, from hundreds to thousands. Uh, one woman said she'd previously been a silent observer, but she brought her children to the events uh, to demonstrate her concerns about the government not caring about their lives. That's got to be pretty intense to realize to have this big disaster and then to have this moment when they're going to turn the reactor back on. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be there as a protester. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a person, let alone a protester. Yeah. So here's a reactor that they took offline, and we know that it's had damage before. Yeah. You're actually saying you do trust the government by being there <laughs> saying, don't turn it on. <laughs> no, I think it's an act of courage, you know. They know the government's probably going to turn it on, and they know there may be issues, but they go anyway. <laughs> it's like, well, I know that, but I'm just saying you know it's not going to explode when they turn it on. Yeah. So, speaking of explosions, <laughs> the city of San Diego set off all of its fireworks off at once. <laughs> if you go online, holy crap, it looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just I like, haven't seen it. It's like in 20 seconds three barges of fireworks and it's hard to see uh, you know in a you know video or pictures as good as it must have been in person yeah but like the video i saw this guy's like holding his camera and like it all goes off and then he like obviously is befundled because he's like turning the camera around to see where's the rest of it yeah it's just like it's like i didn't have the sound on but um i'm sure he's saying a lot of stuff about yeah what Anyway. He probably so. said some interesting words there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 20 minutes worth of fireworks in like 20 seconds. Yeah. So, whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> now, the reason I brought that one forward is the fact that majority of fireworks across the nation got canceled because we're in a drought situation. Yeah. So in addition to their regular poison, fireworks, you know, have a lot of heavy metals and junk in them. Yeah. Fireworks are extra dangerous this this year. So, yeah, because with the the droughts and the hot weather, you could burn down the entire forest. Tree huggers are nothing if not predictable, and every year, trot out the usual post complaining about fireworks. Where do we start? The per I can't even say perchlorates in the propellant that are contaminating lakes and can cause hyperthyroidism. How about the particles that trigger asthma? How about the strionide, the beryllium, the copper, the arsenic? I know what arsenic is, but it's really pointless to complain because, you know, people want fireworks, right? (laughs) So this year we don't really have to complain about that. Three-quarters of the country are in drought, and there are fireworks bans across the nation. Yeah. Locally, pretty much every firework got banned. Yeah. I mean, and... um, I kind of enjoyed it because usually I have an anxiety-ridden night wondering, was that a firework or a gunshot, you know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I had someone comment to me like, oh, it was a really quiet uh, 4th of July this year, and I I explained, you know, it's the fire hazard. I mean, pretty much every local state, all the fireworks got canceled. Yeah. Everything locally definitely got canceled. We're in the middle of the heat zone here in southern Illinois, so... Yeah, so... Well, I, I, I mean, I can understand why. You look outside, there's so many dry plants out there. Like, 
It's like if you really concentrated on a piece of grass, it might catch on fire. It's just like <laughs> it's just so dry. Well, I mean, you can literally walk on grass and hear the crunch. Yeah, you can. It's it's like it sounds like snow. You know, it's like crunch, crunch, crunch. So, hmm. What did you do for the Fourth of July? <laughs> I took the day off. I went swimming. Well, I went floating. <laughs> I have a built-in float, so it was pretty easy for me. <laughs> but it was pretty interesting. Like, before I jumped in the water, I sat on a rock and was reading a book. And then I realized my back was literally stuck to the rock from sweat. <laughs> I would just, well, I really got into the book. It's a book called Fire Monks. Remember I talked about oh, yeah. it on the radio where they had all these fires out in California and how they're were working with the fire to protect their um, sanctuary. I don't think it's a monastery. It's, you know, a retreat sanctuary. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, This this one's an interesting one. Uh, Most Americans agree. Conserving nature is patriotic. Uh, at a time when national sentiments and political partisanship have us fe- our, our feelings deeply divided, often seems like there's nothing we can agree on. But thankfully, there's still a bit of common ground to come by. According to a recent poll conducted by the Nature Conservancy, over 80% of Americans, regardless of their political orientation, believe that respecting nature isn't just a nicety, it's at the core of what it means to be a good and dutiful citizen. I think we need to say that again. 80% of Americans, regardless of orientation, yeah. believe that respecting nature isn't just a necessity. Yeah. It's not just a nicety. It's just, it's literally something we have to do to be a good citizen. Yeah. Huh. Okay. When are we going to all stop driving? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Let's all drive to nature right now. Yeah. I mean, people people are good at the sort of uh, going out and appreciating natural areas, but the other aspect of changing behaviors that destroy natural areas, I could use a little work. I mean, but the sentiment is there. People do see America as a place with this natural bounty, you know, this Well, that's why we're such a strong country <laughs> is because we still, believe it or not, have the majority of our natural resources. Yeah. I mean, you know, we haven't stripped them bare. I mean... We've tried. We're, we're, we're going there. We're working on it, but yeah. I mean... The majority of countries, you know, first world countries, yeah. have stripped their natural resources bare. I mean, we can still go in the spring and get, you know, awesome wild mushrooms. Yeah. While I, I have friends who, like, pick wild mushrooms here and ship them overnight to Germany and sell them for, you know, $100 a pound. Because they don't, can't grow mushrooms out in their forest anymore because they have no old growth forest anymore. So they won't grow. Oh, yeah. So... It's um, all right. Passive solar design is changing the face of, in the face of new technology and a changing climate. Alex Wilson of Building Green has been playing with renewable energy and solar design for longer than he probably would like to admit. He writes about the mid seventies. Those were heady times. We're at the leading edge of the future of energy design. We imagined that within ten years, all new houses would be oriented on an east-west axis and rely on south-facing windows and thermal mass for heating. Then came Ronald Reagan, who Mm -hmm. famously ripped off Jimmy Carter's solar panels off the roof of the White House and interested in green design became a niche status for almost two decades. Now, what's changed? Well, one thing, insulation. Almost no windows back then 
had any they were about R2 I think um, I'd say now I mean you can get an R6 or an R8 in a window but it's really hard I mean literally if you're doing proper design you try to have as few windows as possible but the main thing is is right now it used to be that walls and ceilings were like an R15 and an R35 Right now, it's pretty common to have R40 in the walls and R60 in the ceilings, at least within the green building community. Mm, yeah. So, basically, one doesn't really need to design a house for passive solar in detail. It doesn't have to be specifically a passive solar house because homes are becoming very energy efficient. It's actually very easy to overheat a house. I actually came across a, a company that claimed that they could heat their house with a candle. Huh. That was their literal claim. Yeah. So, like, literally, um, they said you needed the candle when humans weren't inside. <laughs> yeah. So just to keep it from over from freezing, you know. So um, now that doesn't mean you don't do passive solar design. Yeah. You just don't need to have the funny-looking passive solar houses. I mean... Passive design includes cooling, ventilation, and daylighting as well. So there's a new term coming out called sun tempering, which is less windows on the south, which will result in smaller temperature swings and fewer periods of overheating. So the age of Frank Lloyd Wright's window-to-ceiling glass is pretty much over, even huh. in Wisconsin. I mean, there's just no way to have glass that's very efficient. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're making it more efficient than it was, but it's never going to be as efficient as a wall. No, I mean... Because <laughs> it lets light in. Yeah, I mean, if you want the windows for heating the place, they do excellent. Yeah. But we're more... In case people didn't notice, we need cooling. Yeah. Like, Wait, need cooling where? Like, it's like... Who needs cooling? <laughs> as America goes through an incredible record-breaking heat wave, anyone who has unshaded or partially south-facing windows is going to be cooking right now or running the ac on overdrive so windows become a huge liability in weather like this and right now across the country we have to think about more thermal math smaller openings and better shading hmm. so you could start by planting um i want to say a tupelo tree or is it a polonia tree someone send me an email info at your there's a tree that grows Huge leaves grows really quickly. It is a softwood, but you can plant it and it'll shade your south facing really quickly. And then you plant hardwood a little further away and it grows slower. But you basically, you plant it. It's like a polonia tree, I think is what it, it's called. And it is, it is uh, what do you call it? An exotic tree. But in our climate here, it grows really quickly. Big leaves, blocks out the sun. I mean, literally, it'll grow in a year. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, very good for passive solar because guess what? It loses the leaves in the winter. So. Yeah, and then when it loses the leaves, the sunshine comes yeah. through. So. All right, so let's see. Do we want to get to some of these 15 green projects for under 500? Well, let's do one. I was thinking we do one a week. Yeah. So um, I did want to talk about the, the new trend towards do-it-yourself electronics. And one of these articles, it's basically the fact is, is if you have bought something and you can't open it up to work on it, you don't own it. Hmm. 
I mean, it's, you, you know, you have rented it, you have borrowed it, but it's not really yours. If it's not repairable, okay, you have just borrowed it. And that's really the fact with all of our electronics now. Yeah. There's no long, I, like, I learned when I was a teenager how to, I built a TV and repa- learned how to repair TVs playing with electronics and stuff. I can't, you couldn't do that yeah. now. Yeah, they, well, some of them, do, they design it now, like some phones, for example, they design so that you can't even take the battery out because they want you to send it back to the company instead. <laughs> and I mean, you're, it's not like you're buying it cheap. You're dropping a ton of money on a product that is not repairable, you know. So anyway, here is uh, an example of uh, empowerment. This is a tweet-a-watt. I don't know if you've ever heard of a kilowatt. Uh, yeah. A kilowatt is a, a thing you plug in the wall, and it'll tell you whatever you plug into it what that uses in energy. Now, a tweet-a-watt tweets the energy consumption you're measuring. Essentially, the makers used the standard kilowatt and hacked it to be able to recharge itself and then added a wireless m- module that connects to the Internet and allows it to tweet the energy usage. <laughs> so you can start you know, keeping track of things and you can start bragging if you are you know, a low-energy consumer. So that's an example. This actually won an award at Greener Gadgets, and you can actually buy a kit now. <laughs> so that's like, you know... Open source technology. I yeah. love it. Open source green technology. <laughs> so I guess that'll be our project of the week. Yeah. Unless you can think of. Our green project of the week. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get into, we want to get into uh, holidays, happenings. I have to do something. Just keep cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Keeping cool. Yeah. I heard about this. Keep cool with a phase changing dress shirt. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's a, sta- it's a staple of businesses around the world, the classic white dress shirt. Uh, but now it has been re-engineered with phase-changing materials, which work on the principle that when solids turn into liquids, they absorb a lot of heat. Uh, the, yeah, I actually, I did see something about this. That sounds weird, like a shirt that's a solid liquid shirt? Or yeah. Something. Well, it's like a lot of people don't think about the fact that glass, for example, is, is a fluid. You know, if you go to churches that have these hundred year old you know multi hundred year old stained glass windows they're a little bit thicker at the bottom because the glass is very slowly flowing downward huh but so there are some fluids with the temperature i mean yeah yeah glass at a certain temperature melts yeah and there are fluids that you know seem like you know they're solid to the touch but then if you apply a little heat they change a little bit and that's the principle of these shirts the shirts basically uh they pull heat away from the body and actually store it in the shirt like a battery. That way, when you get back into your ac office, uh, the shirt will release the heat back to you and keep your skin uh, at the temperature it should be. So yeah. I love the idea of these shirts. I didn't see a price in the article, so it's probably like... They're 100 and they'll be... A, well, right now, they're doing a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, okay. Um, and so you can get one of the shirts for like 100 bucks, but they said they'll be 130 bucks retail. Yeah. That's not so. bad, actually. I thought it'd be worse. But <laughs> it's high tech. Yeah. But I mean... Isn't what that shirt is doing is what your body naturally should know how to do? Oh, but I mean, it does it you, better. <laughs> what you just described is like your body has to have the ability to release heat. Yeah. And then when you get into cold. And this is actually something that's happening to us is we're getting fatter because our bodies are no longer regulating itself and use less energy. Oh. That, I read, an, I read yeah. an article that says people who don't allow their bodies to regulate itself 
are getting fatter. <laughs> I mean, so. Yeah, because it does take energy to regulate your temperature. Yeah, so. All right. All right, let's get into some uh, holidays and happenings. Today is Take Your Webmaster to Lunch Day. <laughs> yes. Um, does anybody know that Tree Song's a webmaster? <laughs> Are you a master? You're a webmaster. <laughs> so, um, Saturday is Father and Daughter Take a Walk Day and also Tell the Truth Day. Oh, my. <laughs> don't tell your daughter the truth that she's not your daughter. <laughs> I don't think you should ever do that. You could pick a different day. I mean, you should tell the truth every day. So, yeah. the day after Father Daughter Day, you can do that. <laughs> no, well, I mean, if. <laughs> I mean, even if they're not blood relatives, you're like, you are my daughter. Yeah, you are my, yeah. You are my daughter. <laughs> Saturday's the birthday of Ringo Starr. Yes, and let's see, coming up on, uh, uh, got Monday, we've got uh, National Hop a Park Day. What? <laughs> I don't know what that one is. Uh, Tuesday is Don't Stop on a Bee Day. I try to celebrate that every day. Wednesday is International Town Crier- Criers Day. The UN World Population Day, the anniversary, the day of the five billion. That's. I wonder if they picked that UN World Population Day because that was the day that we hit five billion people. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. So. And Thursday is the birthday of Henry David Thoreau. All right. Happenings. This week's theme at the Guy House Interface Center is the Fourth of July. In case you didn't know, it is the fourth. Bring your songs about freedom, independence, liberty, and revolution to the open mic at Gaia House starting at 6 p.m. Yes. Gaia House, 913 South Illinois. Now, the open mic overlaps with the rice and spice, you know, the weekly slow food dinner. Yeah. And um, I think we're planning to celebrate the 4th of July with American food. Yeah. International Slow Food Dinner. Yes, America is also part of the international community. We realized, I mean, what, three years the slow food dinner has been happening, and someone realized that we never do American food. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> yeah, it's good to do American every once in a while because I, kn- I know you can get it other places, but we are a part of the international community. So Americ- Americana, um, I think it means barbecued... Bacon wrapped chicken. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that, else. That's that's the pinnacle of American cuisine. <laughs> like, no, I think um, it would be uh, a chicken stuffed into a turkey, stuffed into a, I don't know what what else can you do? <laughs> what is it? The turducken. There you go. Yeah, chicken turducken. into a duck, into a turkey, wrapped in bacon, into a pig. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I don't. I just think I just came up with something. Yeah. Anybody gonna make it? I think so. So, all right. So tonight from uh, 6 to 9 p.m., it's the International Slow Food Dinner celebrating American food. Yes, and then after that, there's salsa dancing going on at uh, Guy House. You can stop by at 9 for lessons, and the dancing starts at 10. Uh, All right. In the community, International Coffee Hour. Yes. (laughs) When school's in session, Fridays from 3 to 5 at the Northwex Annex Building B, mixed with students from all over the world. Yes, and also going on today, the Friday Fair. Got the Friday Night Fair at 6 to 9 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale. Saturdays from 8 until noon, the Farmer's Market, 
now's the time to stock up on a lot of really good tasty vegetables tomatoes are coming out a lot of squashes and zucchinis i know there's peaches now is a juicy time to stock up on your veggies yes also coming up on saturday the vigil for peace uh, noon to 1 p.m at the corner of maine and illinois in carbondale now next tuesday pastors for peace caravan to cuba at the carbondale unitarian fellowship the 20 20th anniversary pastors for peace friend shipment caravan to cuba will visit carbondale on tuesday july 10th the public is invited to help welcome the caravanistas at 5:30 p.m at the carbondale unitarian fellowship this is the 23rd caravan sent to cuba in the last 20 years this event is sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois and the Social Action Council of the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Now, at 5.30, the talented local Latin band Hot Sauce will set the stage for a great evening, and a tasty Cuban-inspired dinner will be served at 6, followed by a message from the caravanistas. The community is invited to this wonderful evening of fellowship, music, and food. This visit is an opportunity to show support for ending the economic blockade of Cuba. So basically, you can take they're taking building supplies to help Cuba recover from recent hurricanes. Yeah. So each time they go, they bring, you know, medical supplies, school supplies. This time they're building bringing um, building supplies. So all right. Yeah, it's a good way of helping people. And that's, uh, once again, 105 North Parish, the Unitarian Fellowship, on Tuesday. Now, I do have a web soil survey in the newsletter extras. If you would like to know what type of soil you have on your property, well, you're going to have to get the newsletter because I'm not reading off that long link. <laughs> so I hope to see you again on the radio. We definitely need to get some bobbleheads so people can see us actually on the radio. Yeah, they'll see us on their radio. Who wants yeah. to make a tree song bobblehead? <laughs> All right. Stay cool. Stay cool and stay energized out there. <laughs>